You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel with Uncle Silk. And boy, oh boy, it's 35 to All-American. And Dan. That's all I got, Dan, after the big win. Dan Aroma. I like the name. I like Dan the name. Rama. Dan Aroma. Okay. Okay. I could dig it. So you, Dan, Dan got the generator. <laughs> you got a what? You got the, the name generator. Every week you got uh, it. I see. Got a, yeah, he, he put his name in the name generator. Danorama, I like the vibe. Sounds rich. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. boys. Big win, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still sipping champagne, man. I got me a glass of rosé right now, Daniel. Very good. Very good. I poured a, a nice uh, glass of Blanton's right before we, uh, before we hmm. started today. You got to break out the good stuff when you get big victories. I ain't Flat mad at it. Yeah, I ain't mad at it. Uh, Ma, before we get into the shenanigans, how did you watch the game this weekend? Me and Dan kicked it at the uh, studio. The vibes was great. We had a great time. How did you watch the game this weekend? Um, so I, me and my wife invited some people over, man, and we we watched it at the house. And um, I think I, I I tweeted, you know, I, before I can even sit down, Georgia had scored. So I'm like, hey, I don't know about this one because I know the last three years I went to the game and we lost. So I'm like, hey, this year I'm not going. <laughs> and we won, so I'm gonna have to sit my ass down, you know, a couple years in a row from now on. You know what I'm saying? Now this gonna be the vibes going forward, man. I think uh, it's year three. Them the vibes. Year three, Daniel getting his bad down 14-0. I was cool, calm, and collected. I was though. I was though. I was cool, calm, man. I'll, I'll be. I'll be honest with you. Watching it, I think that's the first time Silk and I have watched a game together. Really, just the two of us. Well, there was a third there, but just kind of the <laughs> two of us. Yeah. Um, and. and I'll, I'll tell you what, we were down seven nothing. First, first, uh, first touchdown happens. We go three and out. Uh, then they score again, and he's like, "It's a four quarter game." He said, "There's only been three minutes that have passed," uh, That's and he kept the energy. He kept the energy. Florida marched down the field, and man, he kept that let, energy the yeah, entire I'm, game. I'm gonna let you get into your ad read, Dan. But I got Killer Kyle on my on my sideline. I am never panicking, bro. It was too early in the first quarter for me to care. We're going to 40. What's 14 to a team ready to get 40? It's crazy because I, I think I tweeted. I'm like, man, it's the, is this the defense that we're we going to play today? Because it wasn't like it wasn't like they just out-schemed us. Bro, we got to get around. Was scheme. That first play was schemed up really good. They had something dialed up. Dog, no, bro. Uh, we ain't get over on the block. If we get over on the block, I think – I think it might have been uh, Brad Stewart. If he get over, it's a tackle. It may be a, a, a couple yard gain. You got to get over on the ball. You, you, yeah, every, you, every play somebody makes a mistake, but they seen something on film scheme wise, and they we, got we, that off the also, first play. Also, we didn't have enough players on that side either, so it was like it was unbalanced looking. Like 
we it was like supposed to shift and we didn't. Well, yeah, and they they switched their entire. Well, we'll talk obviously more, but they I think they switched their their entire formation, right? And I, I think they had three people lined up on the line of scrimmage on the on the right hand side that went right immediately over to the left hand side and snapped the ball. Florida was still confused on what to do. Brad right. Stewart took the yeah. wrong angle, went right in. But hey, well, it's just Brad Stewart. I don't think uh, yeah. I think oh, yeah, yeah. Hill went aside. He didn't set the edge. Well, the corner. Nah, down. nah, the corner set the edge. He said the edge. The corner said the edge. But what happened was the guy didn't get over. So he, he turned it up. And, and because because the edge was probably set too wide, he, he was able to turn it up and still get upfield. Corner set the edge. All right. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna break down this entire game for you. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to the Big Three Roll Up uh, that powers the entire Stadium and Gale and the rest of the affiliate network. Uh, so very very happy to be a part of their family. Uh, so check out their website, Big Three Roll They have some uh, shop uh, things available for for this podcast as well as a few others. You can also visit StadiumandGale.com for our shop, um, and also check out the new flagship forum. It is a uh, it's a blog post that we're going to be, you know, doing probably five, six times a week. We got a, a great slew of writers, got a great editor, uh, and they're putting out great content. So go check that out, uh, stadiummiguel.com. Um, also want to give a shout out to our friend Connor Clark from Rivals.com uh, and Silk. We dropped our first episode of Facts Only, which is about a once a month-ish uh, recruiting podcast where we're going to break it down. Uh, Ahmad knows that the invitation for him to always come on is gonna be there as well but check that out we're gonna drop uh, we drop that on uh, on monday morning so so definitely check that out and as always before we break the uh, game down this podcast is sponsored by our friends over at the thomas firm which is going to handle all your insurance claims for property damage to your home or businesses from a legal perspective their lawyers have over 20 years of experience probably 21 22 years of experience now handling roof damage and leaks from storms water damage hail damage hurricanes sinkholes Hey, boys, it's, it's the middle of November, and we still got hurricanes and stuff like that out there. It's a wild time. Uh, and fires. They work all over the state of Florida, Panhandle, down to the Keys. So if you suspect that you have damage to your home, give the Thomas Law Firm a call for your free consultation to ensure your insurance company is going to pay what you are owed for the complete repair to your home. Give them a call, 813-221-2525, or visit them at tntattorneys.com, the Thomas Firm. All right, boys, let's break this down. Um, we're going to kind of break it down into to three different ways. Ahmad, I want to talk a little bit more uh, about defense here in a minute, but let's let's start with offense first. Uh, Florida's offense just looked fantastic uh, in the first half, especially in the second quarter. What were your guys' thoughts on uh, the offense and how they gelled, and what are some things that stuck out to you guys? Well, we look we look pretty smooth. Um, at first, I was kind of questioning what the heck we was calling. I know uh what was it the first drive then or the second drive? We it was like third and six and we threw a hitch to freaking Pierce all the way out at at the one number one receiver. That was yeah, the first uh first drive. Like what like what are we doing? But you know, uh we turned it around. We 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 got down 14 nothing real quick and uh it's like everybody just had to catch themselves and, and realize what uh the moment that we were in and uh slow down a little bit and the game came to us. Absolutely. I thought um offensively, I thought Dan did a good job of keeping us balanced from start to finish. Um I thought we had to establish the run. I thought all three running backs looked good. Running and catching the ball out of the backfield. The wheel routes was something that Dan schemed up in the scene yep. uh, that, that we could get off. And, and it worked beautiful all game. Um, yeah. Ahmad, oh, you gave 20 a hard time in the past, dog. But man, hey, you know, I, you know I, that boy get busy when the ball I, gets in the team. I, I, I ain't even going to cap. 20, I'm sorry. 
you, you I mean, he played his ass off, and, and you know that's the, that's the twenty that we expected. That's the one for, for pre-Tennessee that, that when he fumbled or 20, 2018 or seventeen, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you know, um, he he came to play twenty seven, came to play and six. So um, I, I this is this is my formal apology, Dan twenty. I'm sorry, boy, because you. Hey, Hey, you know, Hold it to the end of the season. Don't give them no. Let's see how it plays There's still, there's still uh, time to lose. All right, man. All right. Um, I, don't, I don't want me and you to keep going back and forth. He may drop one next week or something. And then I'm gonna come back at you. So yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, a, a couple things that I that I that I thought of that I wanted to, to bring up on that first uh, first two drives. Florida had an interesting set of wide receivers out there. They had uh, Whittemore uh, and Henderson yep. as your your starters um, at, at the wide receiver position. Right. Uh, you obviously had Kyle Pitts out there, and then I think Jacob Copeland was out there uh, for the first drive as well. So you, you didn't see uh, Tony. You didn't see Grimes. So I thought that that was definitely an interesting – I'm not sure if it was a schematic thing. I'm not sure if it was to catch him off guard. I wasn't sure if Dan Mullen was setting a message, but I thought that that was certainly interesting. Uh, but, Ahmad, you – Go ahead. I thought, I thought Grimes' overall snaps was definitely down before he caught that 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 touchdown. I was I was questioning you. I asked you I was like, bro, I haven't yeah. seen Grimes a whole lot tonight, man. So I think uh, his snaps was down. It may have been from his effort and his pout in the week beforehand, but uh, he answered. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, I'm pulling up the the grades right now or the the plays that they that they played. Uh, but before we we get into Grimes, do you want to talk Ahmad because you brought it up uh, about the the wheel route. Uh, I want to talk about the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, just an exceptional day for, for Florida uh, running backs receiving the ball. I think uh, in that game, if you were to tabulate them up, Malik Davis was your number one receiver with 100 yards. Naquan Wright was number two with 71. And then Damian Pierce was your sixth with, with 41. So what is that rough math at 200 and? 11 yards between the three of them uh, out of the backfield. Uh, do you guys think that that's something that we, we see more of, or do you think that uh, Dan Mullen was trying to expose something with uh, Georgia's defense? Well, we could, we could definitely see it more. Um, when we first came into the game uh, last week, so we talked about Georgia doing that to us, and we had to be wary of them doing that to us, when in reality – uh, we 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 put it on them on um, put it on them with the wheel route. So um, I think that was just something that we 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 probably seen in their defense because a lot of those times it was a linebacker matched up on our running back, and that's and that's pretty much obviously when we when we ran it and uh, took advantage of it. So um, I'm curious to see if we we continue to use it, you know, forward. Um, I, but I'm pretty sure we will because you know it's a copycat league. So I think uh, every week we'll see something new out of Dan Mullen offense. I think he's been keeping it pretty vanilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he can go, um, we've been beating teams, but just a few plays, he'll run some plays back like he's playing Madden real quick. So mm-hmm. I think uh, this week versus Arkansas, we'll see some stuff that we hadn't seen. I think Keymore Gamble came in and, and got some stuff schemed up for him. Yeah, oh yeah. And Zipper. Both, oh yeah. Uh, right after we both had just said our tight end room is suspect, you get Gamble and Zipper <laughs> to go out there and get yeah. buckets when Kyle pisses out with a concussion, man. So I think I think um, the running back will stuff was just stuff that Dan has been holding back a little bit. We've seen a little yeah. bit of it. Yeah, but he went full fledged and, and knee deep into it this past weekend, and that shit worked to to like perfection. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think we missed on one of those wheel routes. I, I don't think, I don't think that we did either. And it was always open. It was always wide open. You know, Silk. I, I think I mentioned to you during the game we had just recorded facts only. And we were sitting down. We were talking about it, 
And um, we said, Hey, you know, Florida needs some help in that tight end room. And then boom, you know, Kyle Pitts unfortunately goes down with a, uh, what's perceived to be a concussion. And then Kamori Gamble on the next play uh, runs wide open for a touchdown. Uh, you saw a Keon zipper, I think get a catch for, for 35, 36 plus yards. So, um, you know, they were, they were able to scheme and, and put people in a, p- a position to make play. Uh, I, I think that Florida from a offense perspective, from the second drive of the first quarter, all the way through the, uh, the rest of the other uh, first half just was clicking on all cylinders. And that's about as good of an offensive performance as you're going to see from a, uh, a college football team. And Kyle Trask is dialed the F in. Mm-hmm. Trying to cut back on my curse on Stadium Miguel, but Kyle Trask is dialed in, man. Um, very few times I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that want Emory to get more touches and get the run game going, but this is one of the few games when when they were taking them off the field. I was just like, why? Mm-hmm. Uh, the running game was clicking. We could run the ball. Uh, this guy's hitting some throws. He had some suspect throws towards the end that scared the the, the um the bejesus. Yeah, yeah, bro. Uh, he had some suspect stuff at the end. Yeah, that that yeah. I close pick six it was all man. Sure. Yeah, and he had the actual pick six, so there was definitely some suspect throws. I that wasn't on him. The, the actual pick six, I think Dan Mullen said in the post game as well that uh, baby Hendo ran the wrong route. He kind of yeah, ran his guy. That was yeah. the first down for sure. He, yeah. he was he was supposed to run. A, he was supposed to run an out route. And he he ran a dig. And when he, I don't know, what he ran, did he run a dig? He ran a dig, and when he ran a dig, his dude came off of him and ran underneath the uh, he comeback. Slowed along, bro. It looked like he didn't know what to run. There, there was a number of plays that you know, Kamari Gamble had a catch right over yeah. was it Naquan Wright or Damian Pierce, but somebody was running right open. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. somebody was running right open, and Kamari Gamble put his you know hand out and caught. I mean, I'm glad he caught it and was able to to get you know some some positive yards. But uh, I think that if the running back would have caught that, that would have been a uh, Definitely a much longer gain, but there was a number of times that we saw, and Silk, you and I talked about it, uh, where you know Florida was running with with wide receivers or, or definitely receivers in the um, you know same area. So there was definitely some uh, some sloppiness in that regard, but but ultimately that uh, that did work out uh, as a whole. Uh, we didn't see a lot of Kadarius Tony uh, in the game, and I think you know Silk, you and I talked about yeah, it. He got a lot of touches. I thought his touches was weird. Um, yeah, when he did get his touches, I guess because he got started a little late. So when he did get touches, it felt like he was trying to do too much to break a break a big one. Yeah. But uh, he didn't get as busy as usual. But he made some clutch catches and made some uh, clutch plays and move sticks here and there. But you can tell when he's getting frustrated because he started doing a little too much to try to break a big one. Mm, yeah, I, I think he kind of reverted back to his old ways. Go ahead, Ahmad. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Um, they, they just had it schemed up. I mean, every time he went on the fly motion, they knew he probably was going to get the the, the um, sweep, you know. So they just they just boxed it in. Um they, they they played him well, uh, but you know, we spread the ball around. So, you know, with him, you know, not being able to get off like he usually do, uh, opened up for other guys. I mean, that's a great sign. If you got um, Kyle Pitts out with a concussion, you got your uh, your other – your big-time target, Kadarius Tony. He's not – he's having an off night. And meanwhile, Justin Short is getting buckets. Um, um, Trayvon Grimes is, is, is doing mm-hmm. what he do. Uh Keymore Gamble's getting bucket. Zipper is doing his thing. All the running backs are catching. So if, if teams want to zero in on one or two guys, then sh- go ahead. Kyle hit the open guy, bro. If you want to yep. zero in on guys just because they big time, then do what you do. But we're going to find an open guy and get, mo- get money. Yep. Ten, ten people caught passes uh, for, uh, for the Gators uh, in that game uh, with – 12 total uh, players targeted with Jacob Copeland and Xavier Henderson missing the uh, passes that were thrown in their direction. So uh, you're exactly right. Florida's going to spread the ball around the field. I mean, if you're a wide receiver that wants to play 
uh, in an offense where you have the chance to get the ball uh, and the chance to play early. You know, floor is definitely looking like an attractive guys, 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 guys have to catch the ball. They can cry all they want to on mm-hmm. social media afterwards. Right. That goes to Trayvon Grimes. They go for Jacob Copeland. When the ball hits your hands, you got to touch. You can cry about your touches and your targets all you want, but – what when, you doing with the opportunities you get? When you, yeah, when they throw it to you, what you doing right. with it? So, mm-hmm. so we, we just got to catch the ball, and you know, uh, that's it. We always talk about what, what's the issue? The ball, Dan. Yeah, the ball. The ball. Catch, the, <laughs> catch the ball. Then uh, the ball. <laughs> Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Boys want to talk about a, another part of the offense. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Florida lost Stuart Reese to a uh, to an injury uh, in the game, and also lost uh, right tackle. Um, uh, oh gosh, name's escaping me for a second. Um, Delance, Gene, Delance. Uh, Gene, Gene Delance for for a few plays. Michael Tarquin came in for him, but um, but Josh Braun came in when uh, when Stuart Reese went down, and boys didn't allow a sack, a pressure, a hurry, a hit, Thanks. anything. Kid Ooh. looks like he is ready to play some SEC football. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Brian's on um, work ethic. We 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 talk, we spoke glowingly about him, and I've said before I didn't think it would be because of injury or anything like that. But I was on record saying that Josh Brown would be a starter before this season end as a true freshman, man. And I'm gonna stick by that. He's one of those rare kids that don't give a shit about social media, work out hard. He's a heavy seat type kid, and he got his head to the plow. He let his dad do all his tweeting and social media for him. He just do his thing, man. Josh Brown's gonna be a gangster. I thought that he was probably the Gators' best uh, offensive lineman from when he played, uh, especially in pass block. But I also want to give a shout out to Stone Forsythe, uh, who I thought maybe played really good game, uh, right. as a Florida Gator. And I mean, this season you've seen him progress, and I think right. that that's a kid that's going to anchor that left side of the uh, the line for for another season and a half before he goes to make himself some NFL money. I'm excited about this offensive line, and we can keep things balanced like we did, so man, like you said. And- um, you know, be able to run the ball at, towards the end of the game and, and grind some clock out and, and, and move the chains when we need to. It'd be real scary. And I don't want to harp on the kid because I know he got injured and he was able to come back. But Gene Delance still uh, is a liability back there. Gave up five hurries, two quarterback hits, uh, had seven pressures allowed. Uh, and the game was really the only, uh, in my opinion, the the only uh, kind of, you know, red spot there on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, at least in the first half. I want to talk a little bit about Scored six points, I believe, in the second half uh, with a missed field goal uh, added in there. Uh, what do you think happened? Do you think that they were just trying to just trying to secure the win? Uh, it just didn't look like a the, the same offense in the second half. Uh, I think we could have won and got points if we really needed points in the second half. Um, okay. I'm not mad at deal. I think we could have executed better, bro. But, I mean, with a lead, there's only so many chances you want to take. But Dan was pitching it around with the league and trying to still move the sticks, man. Uh, we did what we had to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think defensively we played a real good game. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, you're not going to play perfectly in any game. But mm-hmm. if, if anybody that's not don't want to get Grantham his credit of adjusting and, and playing better defense once Kyrie Campbell has gotten back, they just own, they own rocks. You know, mm-hmm. um, this defense is playing totally different. They're not playing perfect, but they're not lost pre-snap. Um, yeah. that, that big play, that first big play, was something. But Grantham adjusted. I mean, we if, if the if we weren't giving up pick sixes and, and whatnot in that first half, the defense played a, a, a really good game. Yeah, yeah, it looked funny for them boys. But I will tell you this though: when seventeen came in that game, he looked a lot different. Yeah, definitely. That's front side defensive end. Um, yeah. Brent Cox. Everybody get back to their right natural position, and we started. Uh, causing more havoc to that quarterback in the backfield. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So 50, 55 coming in, putting people back to their right position, it kind of it helped, it helped us out a lot, man, because now we're getting pressure on this quarterback, and, and it's going to be great for the back end. We couldn't stop a nosebleed, Amon. Nah, literally. <laughs> we, we made a we made Georgia abandon their run for uh for early in that game, so they wasn't with oh we could possess the ball and run it. When when it, when this stuff got going, they they found out real fast that Slayton, who's making a lot of money this year on the lowest mm-hmm. PBs, Slayton had a real good game too. But right. uh, he realized that stuff was getting stuffed, and they was working for every yard they had to get, so they had to start pitching around a little bit more, man. So shout out to Todd Grantham and my defense for stepping up and. And doing what they got to do to handle business. Absolutely, right. Florida only allowed Georgia to run for 90 yards after that first 75-yard run. And you know, if you look back on the season, yeah. they had 121, 202, 193, 145, and 215 yards on the ground. Obviously, you can't take out that 75-yard touchdown because it still was a touchdown. But after that, you know, they forced you know Florida. And we talked about it on the podcast. We talked about it with uh, Brandon Such last week. If you put the ball in Stetson Bennett's hands, or you know, Dewan Mathis, or Carson Beck, or anybody that's on that roster's hands. You know, Florida had a great shot, and I thought that they played exceptionally well. I do want to talk about, um, you know, Marco Wilson. I want to talk about the defense. I thought that Marco played well. Um, you know, that's not to say that that he was perfect, uh, but had you right. know was on was on the field for twenty six uh, passing uh, snaps. Only had two attempts thrown his way. Uh, had a nice PBU uh, and uh, and had a really low passer rating against him. I think it was like a thirty six point one. So uh, really, really strong uh, play in return for Marco Wilson, a guy that got dragged. Uh, you know, by social media for really every game this season. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm, I was impressed with the defense overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the true the young the young boys came to play. Torrance put a hit on Bennett, yep. and he was never the same the rest of that game. He uh, affected his shoulder. Uh, even though they scored a touchdown that play, uh, the rest of the game Bennett was affected. And the game plan, like Dan was said, the game plan was to to get them in third and longs. Win right. first and second down, them running the ball, stuff their run, because they, they're a good running team. As we've seen that big run, they ran on teams and possessed the ball all year. So if we won those first two downs, the rest was up to us to put it on Bennett and get get get, get the, their offense off the field and our offense on the field. And our defense did what the hell they had to do, man. Yeah, that's what we talked about is, is you know, third downs last year was the deciding factor. Right. We, couldn't, we couldn't get off the, off the field on third down last year. Uh, we knew that if we get them in long, long yards. Uh, uh sorry, yeah, stuttering. Get them in longer yards on third down. Uh, we knew that that Bennett couldn't beat us um, throwing the ball. So um, we definitely made that happen, and he he definitely showed he had a noodle arm, especially after he got hit. <laughs> man, he had a couple of them. If he could throw the ball worth anything, man, we did got he had something. a couple of times. Yeah, he had. Yeah. A few. But hey, he you know he overthrew the ball or whatnot, and you know yeah. that, that's part of the game plan. Yep. Part yeah. of it. Hey guys, let me let me read these stats to you about Stetson Bennett throwing uh, the ball. Well, let's talk about Dewan Mathis. Dewan Mathis hit one pass for twenty five <laughs> yards. It was it was that's the my man right there. I like Mathis. Yeah. Mathis guy is my guy. I like yeah. him. beyond ten yards, one pass for twenty five yards. He missed one, three, six, eight, nine. So he's one for nine um, on his eighteen passes. Uh, Stetson Bennett, not much better. Two passes uh, beyond ten yards. Uh, on uh, on eleven passes, so anything beyond ten yards, uh, Georgia could not get the ball. So shout out to the defense, whether they're overthrown or what. You know, overthrown just because it's it, you know just because it's overthrown doesn't mean that you know Florida didn't cause some havoc and, and cause some pressure to force them to overthrow. Uh, again, defense isn't perfect. We're not asking for perfect. We're just asking for them to get better. And I thought that they uh, I thought that they did at the right time. At the right time. At the right time. I mean, 
Speaking of which, Ahmad, what have you been talking about this entire uh, season? What does Florida need to do on defense? Man, we got we got to get the ball, man. We got to get got to get the got to get the ball. Got to get the ball. Got to get the ball. Florida gets three interceptions. Sean Davis, uh, Kyrie Elam, and Amari Bernie. Kyrie should have had three. Shout out to Abe. Abe called me after the game. I said, man, that boy's supposed to have two. He said, three. I don't know what he got going on, man. That second one, that one was tipped and, and went right in his hand. I don't know. But, what he, but, he got bro, listen, that. I'm telling you, it don't hurt as bad because he got one. But, Dan, the worst feeling in the world, I swear to God, is mm-hmm. is dropping an interception and you you know for damn sure you should have caught that shit. And then you and, and then you end the game with no interceptions then? That's awful. Well you going to a couple games without one. You'd be like, man, if I could man, dog, man, bro. Intramural All Star. It's, it's a former intramural all star. I played safety. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. walk away with at least two or three picks. I get it. I used to hang my head, get back in the gym, get Ooh, better. Two or three picks? Who the quarterback, man? What, what are we talking about? I'm, I'm not, this was the orange fraternity league in college. Come on. You know. playing somebody else. It was basically team. Stetson Bennett, you know, a future accountant. This man playing against <laughs> Bo this man playing against Bo Nix, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about some other players on the defense at Back there, uh, Zachary Carter missed the first half, obviously due to suspension, but came out immediately. Gets two pressures. Uh, Brenton Cox was in the backfield, wasn't perfect, missed a couple things, uh, but I thought that he played uh, exceptional. Princely Uman Milan came in, got a hurry, uh, but I thought overall the defense played well. But you guys are exactly right. Kyrie Campbell coming in completely changes the way that that defense defense plays. Pardon me. Yeah, definitely. He uh. He had some fresh legs coming off that edge, Dan, and he got in there mighty fast, put a couple moves on, and uh, got some quarterback hurry. So um, I'm definitely glad to have everybody in the right position, like we spoke about earlier. Um, you know, definitely happy to be full, uh, happy to be for full strength next week. Who uh, who y'all got for MV, uh, Amon, MVP? Amon, I want to know your. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. No, get X Amon. Yeah. We 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 we. Yeah. Because I was with Silken and we could talk a little bit about it, what were your thoughts when you saw the video of Dewan Mathis throwing the ball and immediately hitting one of his staffers in the face? Did you know Florida had in the bag at that point? No, I didn't see that video until after the game. <laughs> but I knew when they switched quarterbacks, it, it, it was ours. Because, like, you like this is the guy who you prepped to be your starter all week, and then you put in a guy who's not the starter? No, nah, we're about to beat y'all. There's no way y'all about to come out here and beat us with somebody who – y'all ain't about to tell Taco Bell us, man. Nah. I, I really do think they had to prepare every quarterback on that roster like it was a starter because they knew it was going to get a little ugly and they may have to see another quarterback because the quarterback play has been abysmal. But Awful. when I seen my man Mathis warming up, and at first I didn't see it because my head, my, I was just looking at my phone and yeah. Dan said, whoa, did you see that? He just fucking hit the quarterback. I mean, he hit one of the coaches when he was warming up. Yeah, I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a wrap. If that's the guy that, that's about to replace the, the garbage-ass guy that just went to the locker room, we're good money. Right, this is over with. Yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, he definitely he definitely came in throwing that ball like me. I'm I don't throw that bad. Here for it. I, I throw that bad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I play defense, though. I throw that bad. I could throw a little better than that, bro. I might holler at Georgia and see if I can get a scholarship to ruin the season next year. <laughs> uh, so back to your back to your question, MVPs, uh, offense and defense. Um, I, I'll start on um, on offense. I mean, besides Kyle Trask, I'm gonna I'm gonna give. Am I allowed to give it to Brian Johnson and the way that they called this game? I thought that they called the game perfectly. Um, but if you want a player 
uh, to, to, to shout out. Um, I'm going to give it to, um, Oh gosh, who, who am I going to give it to you? I'm going to give it to Trayvon Grimes. Um, you know, he, he only had a couple catches on the game, but that, uh, that one catch that he had, uh, over Steven, was it Stevenson? Um, I mean, just, no, no, it, I think that was Campbell, right? Oh, was it Campbell? Um, you know, over, Campbell, over, you know, Campbell was, I mean, Campbell that was an NFL through. catch. That was an NFL throw. Uh, I mean, obviously Kyle Trask, you know, 400 plus yards, 427 yards, uh, played exceptionally, but I, I think I'll give it to Trayvon Grimes. Shout I'm, out to I'm, though. Come on home. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm I'm gonna give it to the wide receiver core at all of them. And, you know, uh when Pitts went out, those guys stepped up, um, guys caught the ball, guys made plays. Um, definitely when we needed them to. Um that Grimes catch right before half was golden. Um it was clutch. It, it gave us momentum going into the half and and made us come out and ready to put our foot on their throat. So uh, I'm gonna go with the whole wide receiver core. I'm gonna go with my my running back room, man, just okay. because uh, guys that don't get a lot of carries, guys that don't cry about touches, they, they're not whining, not doing any of that shenanigans. But when they get right. opportunity, they try to make things happen, man. So shout out to my running back room, Malik Davis, uh, Damon Pierce, and, and the young GOAT, uh, Naquan Wright, man, for just taking the, 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 vet, the best advantage of any opportunities they got and getting buckets, man. Not crying, not complaining, not tweeting. Just out here just doing what they got to do to get wins and get production when they get opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good call, Silk. I, I, I wish I would have done that, but you know, that's why that's what happens when you don't prepare for the question. What about defense? Ahmad, who's your defensive MVP? Uh, defense? Um, I'm going to have to go with – that's a tough one. I mean, I don't think anybody really too much stand up individually. Um, I go with my secondary, man, because the guys made plays. We talked about making plays on the ball and, and getting the ball back for the offense and – um, when we needed to, um, the guys stepped up on on third down. Or the whole defense, really, on third downs, and um, we 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 talked about keeping them, um, try to make them bismal on third down and keeping them from from converting on third down, and that's what we did, man. So uh, I'm gonna go to secondary. Love it. So uh, I'm gonna go Sean Davis specifically in the secondary because uh, for a guy that didn't practice all week, according to a lot of people behind the scenes, he was chilling all week. And he just showed up Saturday. Made some key tackles in the open field. And when he made those tackles, I looked at Dan and said, nobody else at safety position would have made that tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made an interception at the end to close the game out. Sean Davis is a difference maker in our secondary and on that back end. That safety, he's a guy that we cannot have. Uh, I think he's Kyrie Campbell, but that's safety. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to Sean Davis. You, 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 could, t- you could tell it's a, it's a big like difference when he's in the game. It, it's just his, his morale and his vibe yeah. when, he, when he's in the game. It just picks up everybody else's play around him. Ahmad, you said there's another uh, podcast I listen to that kind of dogged Sean Davis a little bit. And again, he's not perfect uh, by any stretch of the imagination. He wasn't perfect against Georgia, but I thought that he played no. exceptional. And Ahmad, like you said, I think it's a leadership thing. I think it's a him being on the field. I think it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's a swagger. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but just I, I think that there's a comfort knowing uh, that that he's back there compared to maybe some of the other. Even should make some mistakes. Even should make some mistakes, Saturday. But like I said, there's certain open field tackles and certain mm-hmm. football plays that only certain football players can make. And we've seen our safety play. Anybody else had to make uh, – and I think – I can't remember the exact play. But there was a key third down when he came up and made a play in the open field, and the game was fairly close. I think it was 14-21 or something like that. Yeah. He made an open field tackle that was very key and, and kept them from moving the sticks on the third down play. Um, so just shout out to Sean Davis, man. I like the way he plays the safety position. He's going to play on Sundays. Sorry about that. You cut out of my. If he would not have made that tackle, um, 
that's a first down. I, I believe it was a running back, and and he had he had a lot of green uh, ahead of him. So right. I think one thing about Sean, one thing about Sean Davis, and, and not saying other guys do this or whatnot, and you know, I'm just telling you what Sean Davis does. It, it, he ain't afraid of contact. He gonna go stick his, stick his nose on in, in there and, and and make make plays. So um, that that's what we need. It, it, the, the word safety is, is is what it is. You know, you, you are a safety. You need to come up and make plays and keep them from scoring touchdowns. Um, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with two people as a, as a co-defensive MVP. I'm going to go with uh, – as a full game, I'm going to go with Slayton. I thought that he was just disruptive. I Eight thought up. that he did. Eight up blocks. He did what he had to do. Came exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, for and sure. He's a, he's a guy, unless you're like an Aaron Donald or somebody like that, or, you know, a, a Sue, somebody like that, that's just, you know, a freakishly unbelievable. You're not going to often show up on the stats, but, you know, he ate up blocks. He did what he had to do, created some pressures, made some tackles. I thought that he played really well. Uh, but I thought from a defensive perspective, when Zach Carter came in, I mean, he just, I mean, the kid has a motor. The kid is exceptional. You know, Silk, you and I were talking about it with with Newberg on on Saturday. Uh, you know, when when he was recruited, he was lanky. He looked like a pencil. The way that he has come in and made an impact for this Florida Gators team uh, is incredible. So shout out to Zach Carter. He's going to make himself a lot of money um, in the way that he played uh, in the game. Can't leave discussing the Florida Georgia game without uh, mentioning some injuries. Uh, Stuart Reese and Jeremiah Moon both sustained injuries, and they are doubtful for Florida's game against Arkansas on Saturday. And then Kyle Pitts uh, is listed as questionable. Um, talking to a couple of people that are uh, close to the program, uh, their mentality right now is next man up. So if I'm a if I'm a betting man, um, I, I don't think that we see Kyle Pitts this week. Yeah, I don't think we need Kyle Pitts, man. Get healthy, get fresh. It's a head injury. Be safe. Be careful. Uh, we'll see yeah. Kyle Pitts a uh, week after this Saturday, I, I, in my opinion. But Absolutely. for right now, ain't no need to rush him back against Arkansas. Arkansas catch these hands without without Kyle. Yeah, for sure. And I'm and I'm confident with uh, with Josh Braun and they're replacing Stuart Reese. Uh, all right, boys. The uh, quick uh, announcement section here. Kyle Trask currently ranks right now fourth in the Heisman odds. Uh, behind Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields. Uh, he has plus 550 odds to win. And right now, Florida uh, is ranked fourth in the national championship odds behind those same teams, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama at plus 1,200. Uh, shout out to Evan McPherson, who was three of four on kicks for the week, including two 50-plus uh, yard kicks, who won the Lou Groza Star of the Week Award uh, and the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. Um, on the flip side of the ball, the SEC Offensive Player of the Week was Kyle Trask, who was also named the Davey O'Brien Great Eight list. So shout out to those another, guys. Another crazy, a crazy, because all Kyle, Kyle Trask stacks are crazy, but a crazy stat is four touchdowns and five straight games, man. Gangster. Just incredible. Yeah, bro. That's, that's wild. Those are numbers. I mean, you think of all of the great quarterbacks, your Danny Werfels, your Peyton Mannings, you know, et cetera, that have played in the SEC. No quarterback has ever been able to do that. And Kyle Trask has done it not only in five games, but against five SEC opponents right. uh, in those games in a, in a season where they didn't get nearly as much practice time as, as they normally would. So no shout out to game. No, no, no not a whole lot of practice. We, we facing COVID. We got a lot of shenanigans. It's not your ideal situation to be playing football, but when you're a killer, it don't matter. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this next section of the show, it's going to be quick. It's our Dandy Facts section. It's back. 
Dan had some time on his hand last night, so he came up with some for you guys. Uh, but this section is sponsored by our friends over uh, at Envoy Mortgage and Carlton Black, who's licensed in the state of Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. So if you're looking for a new mortgage, whether it's a conventional loan, FHA loan, VA loan, fixed late loan, uh, adjustable rate mortgage, jumbo loan, whatever it might be, uh, he can help you refinance. He can help you get a new loan, whatever it is, reach out to him. Also, if you are a real estate agent, you're looking for somebody to partner, definitely give Carlton Black a call. Big Gator fan, uh, just an incredibly nice guy. He's going to be super, super helpful. A number of you guys have already reached out and we really appreciate that. You can reach out to him at 404-769-5501 or shoot him an email at cblack at envoymortgage com. A couple dandy facts for you guys as we get into um, the Arkansas game. Kyle Trask had a QB rating of 130.56 on passes greater than 10 yards in the air uh, against Georgia. Uh, we went into the season, a lot of people, not really Gator fans, but a lot of people didn't think that Kyle Trask was a guy that could move the ball through the air. Uh, so big shout out to Kyle Trask. Incredible uh, game against Georgia. We talked a little bit about it, about the uh, running backs catching the ball. Just want to give you guys some numbers on what they've done this season catching the ball. Naquan Wright, 127 yards on six catches. That's 21.2 yards per catch, 121 yards, yards after contact. Incredible player. I mean, the guy that doesn't get enough credit. I mean, really showing out this season. Damian Pierce, 89 yards on six catches. Uh, and then Malik Davis, Ahmad, you brought his name up. I mean, guy that deserves a shout out. Has had 15 attempts thrown his way, uh, passing, has caught all 15, 257 yards, 17.1 yards per catch, and 161 yards after contact. Uh, this is a statistic that I did not know until somebody asked. Florida has outscored their opponents in the last five minutes of the second quarter, 55 to three. That's an incredible number, boys. Um, and then I also want to give a shout out to the former five stars that left the state of Florida to end up at the University of Georgia. Tyreek Stevenson had five targets his way, allowed five receptions, 58 yards. Tyson Campbell, five targets, four receptions, 69 yards, and three touchdowns allowed. So always Hey, Tyreek. Hey, Tyreek. Um, Tyson, I don't know what your plans are. But uh, next year is a free year. You can transfer and not sit out of here. So holla at your boy. I love it. I love it. All yeah. right, boys. It's Arkansas week. I'm just Lottie. saying, Ahmad. Just come on home. Uh, uh, uh. Get some smoke there, but just come on home. That's all uh, I'm going to say. Uh, that's, all, that's all you're going to say, huh? That's all we, hey, we, we, we can act like we don't want these transfers, but Brent Cost, Trayvon Grimes, and Justin Shorter got off Saturday. I'm trying to tell you so, huh? but I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sure, I that want could, all of them. You got to convince me a little bit, man. I don't know. I convince you. Just sit tight. All right, All right boys. We are on Dudley E. Dawson from Hogs Illustrated to talk a little bit more. But this section of the show is sponsored by our friend Lee Friedland of the law firm. Into auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, Lee Friedland, 1-800-95-INJURED, yourfighthourbattle.com. Before we bring Dudley on, uh, Sam Pittman was announced today that he will be out 
with COVID and Barry Odom, uh, who is their defensive co or defensive coordinator, pardon me, uh, former Missouri coach, will be their interim uh, coach for that game. You think it matters much or? Yeah, a little bit. I think I think it, um, anybody head coach being out of the game matters. So, yeah, I mean, from a morale standpoint, adjusting standpoint, I guess he could probably call or zoom in to make some type of adjustments or something. But uh, being able to make adjustments on the sideline and have that head coach's voice uh, on the sidelines of the locker room is a huge thing, man. But it don't matter. They can put if they want if they want to call Bill Belichick and put him on the sidelines for Saturday. He can catch these hands too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it really matters at this point, Dan. Shit, they. We gotta respect this team because I think Felipe is gonna come out and try yeah. to get and attack these safeties. He's gonna try to throw it deep, but um, I think we take care of business to do what we gotta do, man. Who else is out? They got anybody else out there? Um, there's some smoke, and we can add, we can talk to Dudley about it. But that that Jalen Catalan, who was the SEC Defensive Player of the Week for last year, might not be uh, available in this game. So we'll see if he spills the beans on that. But other than that, that is some smoke uh, that he will not be playing. Uh, but outside of that, if Sam Pittman has COVID, I would imagine that at least one other person from the Arkansas, either staff or team, has it. So it'll definitely be something to watch. And we'll talk a little bit about it when we get to SEC talk. But it seems like the entire SEC West is. Um, dealing with COVID issues right now. But let's talk to Dudley, get him on the show, learn a little bit more about Arkansas. Welcome, Felipe Franks, back to the swamp. Let's get it. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale, from a whole hog sports and hogs illustrated is Dudley Dawson. Dudley, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. Glad to be with you guys. And uh, I know y'all saw a real good football game the other day, so uh, maybe there'll be another. We'll see. Yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, Dudley, want to talk about the big elephant in the room. Sam Pittman, head coach, uh, announced today that he will be out and Barry Odom is going to step in. How does that affect the team uh, moving forward? Well, the first thing is he he took another test this morning. He'll take another one on Tuesday and another one on Wednesday. And if he passes those uh, with, you know, it's kind of the Nick Saban protocol, <laughs> passes those three, he'll get on the plane Thursday and actually come down and coach. There was no one else on the team, no one else on the support staff, no one else in the coaching staff that tested positive. He's the only one. So he's really hoping it's a false positive. He's asymptomatic. So we'll just, you know, see how it goes in these next few days with the, with the test. Perfect, perfect. Well, what can, can I do the test? Can, can I send the test? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Dudley, want to talk a, a little bit about this season as a whole. You know, Arkansas, when the schedule came out, you know, Georgia, Auburn, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, uh, LSU, Alabama on the roster. You know, a lot of people had this team slated at maybe, you know, one win, two wins. They go into the, the Florida game uh, sitting three and three right now. Uh, Felipe Frank seems to be doing well. The offense seems to be doing well. Uh, but defense particularly is playing well. Talk to us a little bit about Arkansas, a little bit about the schematics and, and what we should expect to see on uh, on Saturday. Well, I, I think the number one thing is is we had the uh, Chad Morris era here for two years and uh, no SEC wins. Uh, they lost two teams that they were paying $1.5 to come in and beat. Uh, while I think Chad Morris is a decent dude, uh, the moment was too big for him here. And uh, his coaching staff, which uh, 
had a mixture of uh, young guys with not a lot of experience and old guys who maybe the game had passed them by. It just wasn't a good mix. And, uh, you know, thankfully for Arkansas fans, they pulled the, the, the plug on that pretty quickly. And instead you brought in a football lifer who may have not had a head, you know, head coaching job since uh, Hudson Community College, but he, he knows football. He hired a tremendous staff. And I think we've seen that, uh, you know, in the, in the way the team has played this year, both on offense and defense. And right away, you know, we all know that Arkansas doesn't have enough SEC players to compete at the highest level like they want to. But he convinced the ones that he had and the ones that, uh, uh, you know, you know, just are gritty, such as Arkansas's two linebackers and, and Grant Morgan and, and, and Bumper Poole, he, he convinced them and the rest of the team that they didn't suck as much as uh, it looked like <laughs> the previous two years. Went out and played George Will at first, you know, that the, the first half of that first game, got some confidence, and they've just been been doing things. The interesting point, interesting thing, I think, is Barry Odom, uh, who obviously had some success in his last trip down there with his Missouri football team, has come in and really regenerated that defense. And they don't sit there. They don't get in the same formation every play. Uh, they've been opportunistic opportunistic. They still don't have enough great players over there, but guys like Jalen Catalan, who was the, who's the safety, who was the SEC defense player the, the week this this week, he played four games last year. That was a, uh, I don't know, you know, just another in the coaching miscues that we watched here the, the past two years. I mean, again, seemed like a nice dude, but man, you know, fake punts, uh, not putting your best players on the field, uh, not having the respect of the team. It, it, you know, it works into what it looked like here, which was, uh, you know, a dumpster fire. Hey, Dudley, uh, I mean, my man Felipe Francis, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's definitely playing better football. He's definitely um, – I've always been a fan of him. I think he's a guy that's going to play on Sundays. But I think he uh, – your offense is, wants to play ahead of the chains and, and, and do a little play-action pass. What do you think y'all game plan is for Saturday? Well, I think, you know, that's a, that's a good idea. He he has been uh, probably a better manager of the football game than he was down there, although he, he still holds on to the ball, uh, you know, too much, I think, and, and has taken a lot of sacks. He has been very careful to, to throw it to his team and not to the others, which was a problem they had last year with uh, Ben Hicks and, and Ryan Starkle. Ryan Starkle has had success at uh, San Jose State this year because he was so familiar with their players from having thrown six interceptions against them last yeah. year. <laughs> it worked out really well. But I really like Felipe. He seems like a very mature young man. I know it was kind of a hit and miss thing down there with him. Uh, he seems uh, in a very emotionally level right now here. And uh, to be real honest, uh, you know, they've played eight different quarterbacks the last two seasons here, and none of them really caught on. And he has solidified the position. He's not going to be a first, second, third round draft pick, anything like that. But what he has done is come in and gave them a voice, uh, a singular voice, instead of, you know, 50 million quarterbacks playing. I think it's it's a little known fact, but two years ago, I got in for seven snaps and uh, was one of the <laughs> quarterbacks that played. I mean, it was, it was, it's been a cluster around here at quarterback, and he's he's calmed it down. That's what's up. Um, your running backs are, are two solid guys. You have Traylon Smith and um, Rakeem Boyd. Do either or bring different things to the table? I think both like to catch the ball out of the backfield. What do they provide uh, differently as far as running backs? 
Rakeem uh, really got it going a little bit against Texas A&M, got, a, got his 900-yard game in, in two years. And, and Traylon Smith has been very good, uh, like you said, coming out of the backfield. They're, they're kind of a change of pace, guys. Uh, the problem has always been the you know the last few years has been the offensive line. They, I think they've got a combination of five guys now that, that may not be great on their own but seem to be mixing better now. And so I think that helps a lot. But obviously, for Arkansas to have any chance down to Florida, they're going to have to run the ball. And I know that a few teams have been able to do that. But at the same time, Arkansas is at a place right now where it has enough talent to compete in games, but it needs help from the other team. Uh, they've got 12 interceptions, which leads the nation. They've been optimistic. So the other team has to help them, but at least Arkansas – has put itself to be in position to, to, to be in games now. It doesn't shoot itself in the foot all the time. Uh, Dudley, I want to ask you a quick question about your run game because I'm just looking at some statistics, some statistics, pardon me, and then watching a little bit of Arkansas this season. It seems like Felipe Franks is more mobile this year than he was at Florida. Already has more yards rushing uh, this season than he did in his entire career at UF combined. Uh, is that something that you should expect? It seems like there's a big outlier with that Texas A&M game where he had 111 yards. Uh, but has Felipe Franks been pretty mobile for you guys and a lot of designed runs and things of that nature? I think he's been mobile enough. You know, he's not going. Nobody's going to confuse him with Lamar Jackson or anything. But he, in their their scheme, has gotten into situations to where he can pick up eight to ten yards. Uh, you know, the ex, the AM game, as you say, was the outlier because he was running all over the place, and and uh, obviously AM was focusing on uh, returning uh, former Aggie Raheem Boyd. And he was able to do some things there. He's done, a, as I said, he's done a good job of taking what uh, defenses have given him. Uh, you know, I don't know how much of a factor that will be on uh, on you know Saturday. The uh, I don't know if the weather is going to be bad or anything like that. Uh, but you know, I think he's he's been adequate at it. But it is definitely not a feature of their offense. The Traylon Burks, anytime they can get him the ball, that's the feature of their offense. And, He's the he's the young man here who's going to make the most money on this football team here right now. Yeah, I think Traylon uh, Burks is very impressive. You guys got two Traylons. I also think that's very impressive. <laughs> but the, the tight end Traylon is, is a guy that I think could cause us some problems. But that tight end you guys have in Kern, I think he's a big body that can block. And also, if you if you don't pay attention to him, he can catch some things in the in the passing game. Um, I like his big body style and what he can do as well. But what yeah, you, what's your impression on him? Been interesting when he uh, he's a walk on from Lamar, which is a small little town here in Arkansas, and came here and you know always wanted to be a Razorback. It paid his way for four years. It just kind of you know moved up the depth chart, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's become a factor in the passing game this year. Uh, that way it was expected that Hunter Hudson, uh, excuse me, I get all the, the Henrys mixed up. Hudson Henry. Would uh, would be the main focus uh, tight end, and he has had some some good games, but he's also been hurt. But Kern has come along, as you said, big body, a guy who can play, uh, you know, on the line, get him some blocks. I know they'd like to have two or three of him, you know, for the uh, for the offensive line. But he has certainly come on and been a factor, and has meshed really well with Felipe. I know we talked about uh, some of the secondary play, some of those guys back there um, being athletic. Um, do you guys run more of a, a zone or you're more of a man team? Definitely more of a zone. They'll play some man, uh, you know, when the situation dictates. Uh, you know, uh, Kellen Mond did a real good job of picking apart the zone and they tried to play a little bit man. And, 
kept picking them apart there, but they have been really good at, uh, you know, playing zone this year. They've got a lot of very good athletes back there. Some who were quarterbacks in high school, some who were wide receivers and, and running backs. They've all been very athletic. They, they've made a lot of plays. And, and what's interesting is uh, we have learned this season uh, under this new coaching staff that you do not have to start 20 yards off of the line of scrimmage. And you uh, you really don't have to play social distancing uh, defense, which is something in these, these past few years without it even being a guideline from the CDC. <laughs> Talk about how you guys are on third down. Are you more of a, a aggressive or, or kind of sit back a little bit um, in, in your zone per se? You know, obviously, that's it's been a big deal on, on what they get done on first down. And some of these games, they've been real good. Uh, Kendall Browse play calls. They put him in third and two. Arkansas, just like anybody else, is better in third and two than it is in third and eight. You, uh, uh, but they are they are an offense that that, that looks that, that that wants to play fast as long as their their defense hadn't been too too, too out on the field too long. They, you know, it's a it's a fine balance there because their defense is not going to hold up. If it has to be out on the field a lot of times, but their offense is better when they're doing, uh, you know, when they're pacing it and, and doing better in, in that regard. So it's it's been a it's a it's a fine line they've had to walk this year. Uh, at times you 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 thought maybe maybe y'all should slow down, you know, not put the defense back out there. But then again, if they're not playing with pace, then it's not been working out that well on offense. I got you. I know uh, early in the show you talked about um, the linebackers. Uh, not being very good, but thinking they're that's very not, good. Uh, that's not what I said. <laughs> uh, uh, well, playing better than expectations, we should say. Yeah, they, they, they uh, are, Bumper was recruited. Bumper Pool was recruited by a lot of uh, mm-hmm. Alabama and a lot of places. Grant Morgan could have gone to any small college here in the state, but didn't have a lot of offers. And he is just uh, – he's come on and just, you know, with the grit and, and heart that he has – what I'm saying is they're, is they're not the, the SEC's best linebackers. Right, right. Is a, a thing you thought wasn't going to be very good. They've been uh, very good for Arkansas, and that's not a place they don't have a lot of depth there, so they weren't going to be able to turn to a lot of other people. Uh, Bumper Poles has played with three broken ribs at times this year. Grant Morgan broke his right arm in the first game and has continued to, to play. If you see highlights when you see him out there Saturday, uh, it looks like he's Hulk Hogan, you know, coming out with the right, right. all wrapped up and stuff. But, but they, yeah, they definitely played well, but there was not as much expected of them as we have seen them produce. Right. I didn't, and I didn't mean it like that. I, I apologize. But uh, what are, are, is, are any of those guys uh, someone we should be on the lookout for? Or, or you know, who's going to be the, the, the guy that you think will make the most plays this weekend? Jalen Catalan. I mean, I just uh, – Love the kid and his his uh, his athletic ability, his toughness. Uh, you know, they've uh, I talked to him a little bit at the first of the season. He was knocking people out, but at the same time, if he didn't get them knocked out, they were spinning around because he wasn't wrapping up. But he's as good a safety as Arkansas's had here in a long, long time. They've sent a lot to the NFL, but it's been a long time since they had. He's the key to that defense. When he got. Uh, thrown out for uh, targeting against Texas A&M. Mond and and those wide receivers, the big tight end they had, Widmeyer, they just took advantage. He is such a key back there. Greg Brooks and, and, uh, you know, the other defensive backs. I mean, they've got a lightly recruited walk-on named Hudson Clark who intercepted three passes against uh, Ole Miss and and Matt Corral simply because he was, was in the way when they threw the passes. 
it's a pretty good secondary, but Catalan is a pro and uh, makes the thing go back there. Real quick, he's a uh, he's a young boy, right? Yeah, he is. A, he's a red shirt freshman uh, that somehow the former staff uh, didn't think was good enough to play last year. Got in four games and and almost uh, put himself in the portal, but uh, hung around when Coach Pittman got the hired, and it's uh, it's been a big deal for them. I mean, he's he's an excellent football player and and someone that, uh, uh, as I said, is going to get paid to play on Sunday, Monday, and I guess it's now Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends on Toronto's going, but he's very impressive. I like him. I like him too. Uh, Dudley, want to go back to the offensive side of the ball, offensive line. It looks like you guys are, are pretty solid along the offensive line. Is, is that the case, or um, is Felipe Franks just just making quick plays? It seems like a lot of his passes are are, are short to intermediate passes. Uh, but but how good is the offensive line at Arkansas? Yeah, I, I think the offensive line has has gone from being mediocre the last two years and and uh, allowing quarterbacks to get hit all the time to one this year that has given up some sacks, but he's still giving them time. And Kendall Browse has uh, made it a point of his offense to, to do his best to get uh, Lipe Franks and the wide receivers out and in some quick plays and you know, using the running backs as well. I would still say that, that Arkansas's offensive line is just okay but they have found five guys up there that can hold it together during the course of a game and not let the quarterback get beat up as he has so many, many times these past two years. Again, I repeat, they've played eight quarterbacks the last two years. Part of that was because uh, they were just getting lit up all the time by defensive lines and linebackers. Yeah. Dudley, I, I guess my final question is, Scouting Florida, you've watched some Florida tape. Florida is impressive on offense, you know, has definitely some holes on the defensive side of the ball. How do you see Arkansas uh, going out and trying to win this game? Well, you cannot leave the ball in Kyle Trask's hands uh, and let him, you know, have it and be able to run up there. So I do think that they'll try to at times, uh, you know, uh, have sustained drives and all that. But they have to win if they don't put up a bunch of because obviously Florida can do that. Uh, I think this is uh, – Arkansas views this as a freebie. Uh, no one expects them to come to Florida and win, maybe except a few people on you know on the team. Uh, so they're going to go in and, and throw everything, you know, that they can out, out against the wall. I would suspect to see a lot of cute plays. Uh, not a big fan of those, but, but sometimes they work. Uh, uh, I, w- I would expect them to, you know, throw everything at the kitchen sink at, uh, at Florida – but I just think, obviously, and you guys know this, Florida is one of the top ten, maybe top five uh, uh, teams in the country. Uh, A&M played well that day before uh, their 24,000 people. Which was Definitely, I think we top two and we not two. You what? <laughs> I, was just, I was just talking. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, and that, that should be a fun game down there at the end of the year, so, you know, I think. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I love what Florida's got uh, – uh, really enjoyed uh, uh, Coach Mullen going Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, down there that that one deal with Missouri. So, uh, and he's always he's always been very good to me. Seems like a good guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, Dudley, we we've had a, a lot of uh, writers on our show over the last couple of years, and in very few. Um, are willing to give a score prediction. Unless you're willing to do that, I want to try something different with you. Will you give a score prediction for this game? Yes, well, we in the, oh, magazine, in, in the magazine we have to predict it each week, and we do it for some reason Saturday night, right after the football game, because the magazine comes out on Sunday. So 
my prediction was 41 to 21 Florida. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Dudley, man, I've really enjoyed this, um, you know, time on our show. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you uh, on social media and where they can read uh, all about uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Well, the Twitter, the Twitter handle is Dead Sports. Uh, I'm one of the uh, four or five people in the nation left on AOL. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was my email back then. But uh, we have a website, Hohawk Sports, which is basically the Arkansas Democrat sports website on the, the Internet. Uh, and, uh, as, you know, as I told you all earlier, anybody that will pay, you know, I'll write something for you. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, Dudley, I, more often. I, want to, I want to talk to Dudley more often. He's a cool guy. <laughs> Dudley, we absolutely appreciate you coming on to our show. We look forward to it. And thank you so much and, uh, and have a great rest of your day. No problem. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Dudley Dawson. Hey, uh, really, Julio Prince is my guy. I hate it had to be him. I really yeah, hate it. Got man, to be man, this man, this man trying to, they got a bunch of Rudy's on their team. I'm not trying to listen to what this man telling me. You got to respect Arkansas, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't going to say a bunch of Rudy's, but we can't Rudy's. get Franks a lot of time um, because he's going to attack us deep, and he got a big arm. We do some crazy things, and mm-hmm. our secondary could be fooled at times. Um, I think his legs could be a problem as well. We got to come in here to play some football because he's going to come in and try to hero ball us for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know he wants us to cry out. Oh, yeah, he can't wait. I mean, and rightfully so. Like, we can't make him be out of the building. Like, he's yeah, coming he in He's coming into Gainesville to compete and do what he's supposed to do. He's coming in like, yo, y'all missed out on something. It's what he's supposed to be coming in town to do. But we got to yeah. kill on our sidelines. It's going to ruin that party for him. An actual yep. killer, yeah. No, I uh, I want to break down this game for you guys. Arkansas three and three coming off a, a big win uh, in their mind against Tennessee. <laughs> in their mind, <laughs> you know what? It's perspective, uh, I like perspective. It. You know, you got to got to give perspective. Uh, they got beat by Georgia thirty seven ten to start the season, uh, but a win over Mississippi State, a win over Ole Miss as well. Um, hung in, you know, somewhat tight against Texas A and M forty two to thirty one. <laughs> Um, I think they. I think that the only way they win is if Florida loses um, with mistakes on their end on the defensive side of the ball. I think that you know their defense is fine, uh, but they've been giving up a lot of points this uh, this season as well uh, against you know some some more prolific offenses. So you know I, I think that Florida does uh, does well. Yeah, that's my biggest thing: uh, stopping the run game like we just did on Georgia. And I'm going to be real with you. I'm not highly impressed with everybody's hyping up the, the Barry Oldham and the Arkansas defense, but if Bo Nix can go get 30, I think Kyle can go get 70. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I think that you're right. I think that they do have some gaps, especially when it comes to tackling. Uh, just doing some analysis from from what I read and, and some number crunch, and they, they've had a lot of missed tackles this season. They're not great uh, in man coverage. Uh, they they don't have the bodies um, at the cornerback and safety position to be able to contain you know Florida's tight end and wide receiver group. I think that Florida's going to put up points. You know, Felipe Franks definitely can hit the deep ball. You know, some of those balls that you know Bennett couldn't get or uh, Mathis couldn't get for Georgia. I think Felipe Franks can hit at least one or two of those five or six overthrows. So, um, 
you know, Florida's definitely got to play strong. How do you think they scheme uh, against a, a power thrower like uh, like Felipe Franks? And does the fact that he played at Florida for so long, you know, help Florida's ability to uh, scheme against him? I think that goes either way, right? Because um, he's been at Florida. Of course, Arkansas is going to ask him what he may know about our offense or how we prepare for things, but um, I don't think uh, Felipe paid much attention while he was here to give up information, to be honest with you, so I'm not afraid of that. Um, I think he was a little bit, like, not focused while he was here, but I think Arkansas game plan is running ball. I think we'll see a lot of 12 personnel. I think Kern is is a guy that he's going to be an issue blocking because he can block, but also uh, he'll give you that little shoulder and go out for a pass and be a problem in the passing game as well. So I, I see a lot of running games, double tight end sets, um, when they go double tight end sets, we cannot. We got to get to the passer. Cause we let a receiver run for for six, seven seconds, wide ass open. Not wide open, but you can get open that amount of time, especially if you're going across the zone. Uh, that throw Felipe made Saturday was insane. Um, it's not a throw that a lot of guys in the NFL can make, let alone college football, man. So we just got to get to him and affect them because we know when it, uh, what affected Felipe Franks, what he does. He turned the ball over. But they have been protecting him well this year. Yeah, no, Florida's going to definitely have to get uh, get pressure. Uh, their starting guard and their starting um, left guard, their starting left tackle uh, are really, really solid, have only let up a combined six pressures on the season. Uh, really, really good players uh, that are there. Uh, you know, I think that Zachary Carter is one of the better defensive ends that they're going to have to play against. Obviously, you have Britton Cox there uh, on the opposite side. You know, I think that Florida's going to outman them, uh, but I do want to give a shout-out to Arkansas. You know, I think everybody chopped this one up as an easy win, and I think that Florida does win pretty handedly, but they're definitely a better team than I thought they would be. So that's a shout-out to, to Sam Pittman and, and to the way that the guys uh, bought into that program. They might we just got to come in and focus. Man. Yep. After a big win, it's easy to come in, uh, let your shoulders relax a little bit. Uh, you feeling like you just got over this hump. But, I mean, Felipe Franks coming in and try to ruin our party and our season, man. So, if we come in, focus, dialed up, ready to play, uh, it should be a, a two-score game at the minimum. But yep. if we come in sleepwalking and not stopping the run, uh, it can make for a long night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get into what you guys think uh, that the score is going to be right now. If you look at Vegas, uh, Florida is a 17 and a half point favorite. Uh, the over under is 62 and a half. Um, I'll go first just because I read those numbers. Uh, let you guys prepare. I think that Florida uh, wins both of those bets uh, right now. I think that the game is easily over 62 points. I think that there's a chance that Florida could score 45 or 50 points uh, against Arkansas uh, if they're they're humming and hawing. I don't know if they will. Um, I'm going to put Florida uh, winning this game 40, uh, 41 to 20. Ahmad? I'm going to go 42 21, Gators. Yeah, I got us in the 50s. Okay. Trying to take it up a notch. 40s was fun. Um, <laughs> give me, I don't get ignorant. Give me, uh, I think Kyle Trash is gonna try to prove a point and, and let, let OVO know what it is. Um, give me 52 27. All right, All I right. think also I want five to kind of trail Trey Lumberg to go ahead and get him frustrated and get him out of the groove of things. I don't want him to get comfortable, so I would like to see five kind of trail him around the field and uh, do that type of shenanigans, but I know that's something we don't do, but I would love to see that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, boys, big week in, uh, in the SEC. So let's get uh, a brunt ad reading. Let's talk about the uh, the state of college football. You already know what time it is. The best of the best when it comes to uh, insurance in the state of Florida, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. 
anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, hit my dog Greg up, 954-589-2204. If you need home, you need auto, you need health insurance or life insurance, my man Greg got you. I don't think he does health insurance. Kind of threw Maybe, I don't think he does health insurance either, no, he but I'm sure he knows yeah. somebody. Yeah, scratch that out, Cam. Uh, if you need life insurance, financial service, or anything to that manner, renter's insurance. Yep, you just uh, boat insurance. Boat insurance. Yeah, trailer insurance for your boat. Whatever insurance you may need, my man Greg is the best of the best when it comes to customer service. 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. It's Brown Insurance and Financial Service. Roca, Rock, ah, whatever. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know you know what it is. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we mentioned it. Kind I got of tongue-tied. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> Greg, we love you, bud. Uh, thanks for sponsoring our show every week. Um, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the show. There's a COVID outbreak, if you will. Currently at Texas A&M, LSU, uh, and Mississippi State, uh, with a couple of games already having to be rescheduled. Arkansas, Sam Pittman, we talked about, um, does have a, you know, is out right now. That could certainly be a false positive, or there could be some positives waiting. Um, but I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what that means for scheduling. Um, you know, Florida, or pardon me, the SEC allowed one kind of makeup week uh, at the end of the season, December 12th. You know, Florida has a game with LSU rescheduled because of their COVID outbreak uh, at the beginning of the year. Looks like LSU could potentially even have another game canceled. What do you think the SEC should do uh, about some of these canceled games? Uh, and then I want to throw a hypothetical uh, to you also. I mean, we, we don't got too much time to, to, right. to squeeze in those games. Or you got to play during a week or something, you know, to try to try to get some games. And that's going to really be crunching some, some stuff in. So I don't, I'm not sure because – I think I don't think they want to push back anything else because it's gonna mess with the the bowl games. Yeah, I'm. Um, this is this is my hypothetical, um, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts. So right now, Florida is slated to play LSU on December 12th. It is a cross divisional game that, for all intents and purposes, does not matter much for the SEC championship. Um, you know, as long as Florida does what it should do in the eastern side of the uh, the division here. If LSU has a game that gets canceled, potentially against Alabama, um, and that game um, gets canceled, do you think the SEC will potentially cancel that Florida game and try to play the, the divisional matchup instead? Um, I do think if it comes – if they're put into a corner – Teams like LSU aren't worth a reschedule because they're not they don't have any meaningful games. Mm -hmm. um, of course, every game for us matters as far as uh um I guess style points, I would yep. say. Um, we have one L on our record, so we need style points. So I want the LSU game to happen. But I think if the SEC's putting in a corner and in the bind, teams like LSU could just like not get scheduled because the season's kind of over. Mm -hmm. Especially especially the games that's that's uh cross divisions per se. Yeah. Right. So the east east versus west type games. I don't think there's gonna be too much of a hurry to, to reschedule those. Man, the rest of our schedule is beautiful. I want LSU. I want to score. I want that I want LSU to be a warm-up game. Like we're, we're all SEC play, right? So to catch mm -hmm. LSU down, I would like to catch anybody down. We just beat Tennessee. I mean, I'm sorry, Tennessee's coming. But we just beat Georgia by a couple of touchdowns and a few possessions. I wanna do the same thing with LSU and everybody else on our schedule that's remaining. I don't want nobody to get off the hook. Florida State got off the hook um, because of scheduling reasons. So I want the LSU game to happen. Uh, I got us winning out and, and 
and Bama got to see me, bro. But I'm excited about the rest of the season. Uh, if they get scheduled, they get scheduled. But nobody's on our schedule mm-hmm. to cause us any real issues. We should be able to slap the shit out of everybody. Yeah, that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. Uh, want to talk about? Happen, I just want to slap the shit really out of everybody. I can I can see it, and I'm here for it. Um, I want to talk about uh, the disaster up in Columbia, South Carolina. Will Muschamp, there were some rumors floating around that he might get fired uh, today on Monday. Uh, it is currently 8.50 on Monday, uh, and he is still the coach. I would imagine that that's not going to happen today. Um, it's my understanding that he has greater than a $13 million buyout. Uh, he just ended his buyout not too long ago with Florida. Um <laughs> If you're South Carolina, what do you do? Do you keep him around? Do you try to find somebody else? I mean, what on earth was South Carolina thinking hiring him, and what on earth are they doing keeping him there? I think they should call McElwain. They like uh, ex-Florida <laughs> coaches, so I think they should get McElwain to call, see if he how things is going, have him come into town, see if he can fix it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, what Columbia – I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, I've got a really good friend of mine uh, that I work with that's a, a, a USC grad – um, and he hates Will Muschamp. Um, I know the the, the spurt the spurred up show that I was on a few weeks ago. Uh, he hates Will Muschamp. It seems like a lot of them do. I think that his shtick is kind of worn out up there. Um, I don't I don't know what you do. That's a that's a lot of money for a school, especially with COVID, where their finances are going to be in a bit of a disarray for a little while. Um, you fire him, you let him go, but you know I don't. I don't know what you do. Um, South Carolina is a tough spot, especially with Clemson as good as they are. Um, and that's tough. That's that's a really tough question. I just don't think that Will Muschamp's the answer. So I guess I guess you have to fire him and try to find somebody else. He's never been the answer, right? He's never going to be the answer. He's the answer for UF for a defensive coordinator. I love you, Grantham, but I'll take Will Muschamp like yesterday. Like yesterday. Mm, very good. Maybe he can come on as an analyst or something. Um if he gets fired midseason, um, let's go. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys watched it. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame ends up winning in double overtime. Clemson without Trevor Lawrence uh, does go down. Uh, Notre Dame um, is now number three uh, in the country behind Alabama and Ohio State, I believe. And so I want to talk to you guys about Clemson. If Clemson wins out, uh, they'll likely play Notre Dame in the ACC championship um, if Clemson wins that game, do you think that they go to the college football playoff, assuming that they go uh, undefeated with the rest of the season with the voters kind of saying, hey, you know, they um, – They got to face Notre Dame again. They yeah. got to face Notre Dame again in the SEC champ- – I'm sorry, in the ACC championship, man. But right now, yeah, I think a, a one loss, if they win the ACC championship, they're going to let them in because college football and the media loves Trevor Lawrence, and it's hard to turn down Dabble and the boys, man. So I think with one loss, they get in. But I'm hoping for one more. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, what, what else? You, think, you came off mute for a second. Right, what, what yeah, you got? yeah. So, so I know that they, they already saying that you know uh, that Clemson can get in with the one loss. But do you think they'll try to sneak uh, Notre Dame back in too? A one loss Notre Dame team. Yeah. Because you, know they, love think, Notre, you th- know they love Notre Dame too. It may go. It may go. And here's the thing too: it's a lot of. I've been. I watched a lot. After we win a game, especially a big one like Georgia, I'm watching highlights to like four in the morning. I watch them on repeat. So the talking points of a lot of it was maybe two SEC teams and two ACC teams in the playoffs. So if it's two or both, I like us and Bama and Notre Dame and Clemson for mm-hmm. all the marbles. That's going. That's going to annex Ohio State out. <laughs> 
I think that'd be tough. I think that'd be tough to keep Ohio oh, State out. Oh, that is true. It, no, you can't keep Ohio State out. Yeah, right. so it would not. It'll be two SEC teams before it's two ACC teams. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'd be I'd be curious to see exactly what happens. Uh, you've got some other uh, weird sleepers out there. I want to give them a shout out. Not saying that they deserve to be in the, the championship or anything else or in the playoff, uh, but BYU is currently sitting at eight zero as well. Uh, things could get weird, bunch of losses along the way. Who knows if you see a, a BYU team potentially uh, making it in there um, as well. Uh, weird football season. Um, so you've, you've said it. We talked about it on Saturday. Every week that we get college football is just a blessing until we until uh, we don't. So, Yeah. Outside yeah. of that. Hey, I need to say, hey, man, let me go ahead and get in my bag yeah. a little bit, Dan. Let me, yep. let me set the tone. So I need to send it to the beginning of the season. I said that I was kind of, you know, year three, you kind of hoping we have a good season. Um, things were lined up for us to have a good season, but now we're having a good season. Uh, I think we can run the table. I'm not afraid of Bama. I'm not afraid of Clemson. I think we could play football and beat any college football team that's lining up and playing college football, especially with Kyrie Campbell back in our defense being able to just give us some stops. I don't see nobody. Jot that down. You write on my tombstone when I'm gone. I don't see nobody. I don't care who it is in college football. Um, Kyle Trash is ready to play football. My man's on the sideline. He's in a zone. When he even on the sideline, he's in a zone, Dan. And he's leading them boys. He ain't the, he ain't the rah-rah guy. He ain't the guy that's going to give you Tebow hype out of the huddle. But he's going to get out there and he's clutch, man. One of my boys, shout out to my boy Chuck that's out out to sea right now with the Navy. He hit me up and said, man, I'm listening to all your podcasts and everything. I can't see the games, but I'm watching the stat line. That man, Kyle Trash, is different. Yeah. Um, this is this is my thought, and this could very well be a hot take. Um, I think that if you go in blind and you don't look at the names, uh, Kyle Trask is your Heisman favorite. Um, Justin man, Kyle Field. Kyle Trask is going, going to be ahead of – like Trevor Lawrence is kind of dead. He missed two games, right? Yeah. He took the L while he was out. He don't have any more big games. The biggest game on his his, his lineup is going to be Notre Dame in the, in the ACC championship, but it's going to be too mm-hmm. late for that, right? Kyle Trask has had a real big Heisman moment last weekend. Mm-hmm. He's going to have more moments too because I don't think he's done. I think we're going to pass that rest of these games. I think Dan got a plan in mind. Yep. People can ignore Trask, Kyle Trask all they want, but we just going to keep piling up stats and let it do what it do at the end of the season, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that the two most impressive quarterbacks this season have been Mac Jones uh, and Trevor, or uh, pardon me, and Kyle Trask. I think Justin Fields uh, is very, very impressive for what he's done so far. I think he only has 10 or 11 incompletions on the season. Not enough games uh, that he's played, but uh, the way that Kyle Trask has played, in my opinion, um, he, if, if you look at a blind, you know, study, you look at the teams, you look at the way that he's played, um, he's an incredible player that has put his team in a position to win every single ball game that he started. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of uh, Justin Fields, by the way. Real big fan. I'm very glad that he plays at Ohio State and not Georgia. Absolutely. I'm glad the guy seen his potential in his work (laughs) and got out of town. Uh, Outside of that, Ahmad, any thoughts on your end? I think think Jim Harbaugh is going to get fired, but go ahead, Ahmad. Nah, man, I'm just I'm compartmentalized, man. Okay. Uh, you know, I watch I watch I watch Gator football and like Silk do, man. When we win, I, I watch all the highlights, and when we lose, I don't want to see that shit. So, okay. um, I, I got to keep the whole scene, Dan, uh, yeah. on my because I want to know who I'm throwing hands with. You can't just go to a fight 
not knowing who you're talking shit to. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I scroll up and maybe he got a strong right hook. And I'm talking crazy. He knocked the shit out of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't see it coming, right? You don't see it coming. So I like to watch it and, and like study okay. film on everybody. That way I know who I'm about to fade in the parking lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, boys. Um, so you brought it up. Jim Harbaugh, uh, you think he gets fired? I think I think Michigan's at a, a pivotal year. I think Urban Meyer's gone. Urban Meyer dominated Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Urban Meyer's interns and and, and, and helpers are dominating Harbaugh. Yep. Harbaugh's got to be by Indiana with with Michael Penix at quarterback. Yeah. And it didn't look it didn't look like a competitive game. They kind of owned Michigan from start to beginning. I think Jim Harbaugh is an NFL guy. I think college game has passed him. He need to go to the NFL where things are still a little behind scheme wise, and he don't have to recruit and and be yeah. innovative. No, you're you're um, you're exactly right, Silk. Uh, just looking at the way that you know they've played all season, they they just aren't good. They uh, they aren't good. Their only their only win is uh, against Minnesota, uh, who beat up on Illinois this past week, but lost to Maryland uh, the week before. Who's not a very good football team. They lost to Michigan State, uh, and then they got trounced by Indiana. I mean, you, yeah. no matter how good Indiana is, I think they're ranked you know number ten, you know nine in the country right now. Wherever it is, you should beat them almost solely, or at least be competitive against them on, on sheer talent alone. And he's been able to recruit pretty well, uh, but I think the jig might be up. A bit. I don't know if it, he coaches a different kind of game. I don't know if the, the team's just not. I got, a, I got a perfect place to Jim Harbaugh. Your Jacksonville Jaguars. You got it, Dan. You got <laughs> it. You got. It. I need. I need Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan and in Jacksonville. He's a pro coach. Uh, give me Jim Harbaugh, Trevor Lawrence, or Justin Fields, and and I'm in Duval. Uh, lying like I never stopped being a fan. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Um, so let's take us out with the uh, the Manscaped ad rate, and then I got the song of the week. A special place. Ahmad, I jumped you this week, but this is a special one for me. So I'll, I'll, let, you I'll, let, I'll let you add out, Dan. I appreciate that, my friend. I hope it's something Georgia and disrespectful. It's not. It's not going to be disrespectful. Uh, all right. I'll take I it. Know, you'll, you'll see why here in a second. I got you. A shout to manscaped.com. You already know what it is. The best of the best when it comes to man's grooming. If you need to shave them balls, holla at manscaped.com for the lawnmower 2.0. Skin safe technology so you're not skimming up your balls. You feel me? You can use it in the shower because, you know, it's waterproof. Not going to electrocute yourself and you're not going to skin your nuts. So use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Man, treat your balls with some care. Best of the best when it comes to man's grooming. Visit manscaped.com. Use SG at checkout for 20% off. You already know what time it is, man. Stadium Miguel, support your podcast. Absolutely. No, shout out to uh, to Connor. Um, he was, uh, we talked to him on Saturday. He, he's a buyer. He's a user of, uh, of Manscaped's products. The ball deodorant. The ball deodorant is the best of the best. Right. And uh, as I've always said, Christmas is coming. So this is is your time to take care of if you're a female and you got a significant other, this is the opportunity. Uh, If you have balls, if you made the switch, that's right. Female and you made the switch because you know, you know, all balls matter. So if you're female and you made the switch and you need the ball deodorant too, coupon code SG at checkout, man, we don't discriminate. 
Man, that's a that's a wild, wild way to end that ad read. Uh, <laughs> I'm just being real. Yeah, I, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> you know, all balls matter. All balls matter. Man, this is uh, a hell of a show. Go ahead. <laughs> all balls matter. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's wild. That is a wild comment. That is an absolutely wild comment. They all do matter. But I you think, know, if you, think, yeah, know. you know, whether you're born with them or whether they're added, they all matter, right? So, yeah. um, I want to take this uh, this show out unless you guys have anything else. Uh, you like, I, I skipped a mod this week on, on Song of the Week because this one's special to me and this is nerdy. Um, I'm a big trivia guy, um, love it. Um, it's, it's something that I, that I really enjoy doing, and a lot of that came from the fact that I grew up watching Jeopardy uh, from the time that I can remember. Oh, shit, yeah. um, Rest in peace and, at home. And I and I still watch it. Um, it's I DVR very few things, uh, but it's still one of the things that I watch. And um, to to hear the news about Alex Trebek dying yesterday was, was so so sad. Um, stage four pancreatic cancer diagnosed about twenty months ago. Uh, we got him a lot longer than we thought we would. Uh, he was recording all the way up and un, until you know his unfortunate passing. Um, there's still a number of episodes left. I think the last one's going to air on uh, on Christmas Day. Um, but I want to give a shout out to to Alex Trebek, a guy that uh, was a, a guy that was fundamental in shaping my life. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but no, uh, definitely, definitely. My interest in history, uh, right. weird trivia, everything else uh, comes a lot from him. And you know what was awesome about him is, is I like to think that I'm somewhat like him, that I'm a pretty nice guy, but I can say some savage yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and, and he was a guy that could do the exact same thing. So, um, Cam, I'm going to I'm gonna play us out uh, with the uh, with the Jeopardy theme song this week. Uh, and shout out to uh, to Alex Trebek. Thanks for everything, my friend. We should have started with a, the, the, the Jeopardy theme song, but let me give a quick shout out to my man, Tennessee Mike. Man, Tennessee Mike showed the most love to Stadium Miguel and the whole Big Three Roll Up Network, man. So one time for my man, Tennessee Mike, we got a Mod's mic fix. <laughs> he was hot about that, boy. Mike ain't like that mic, bro. Nah, he was upset about that shit, bro. Hey, hey Mike, Mike the know, mic checker. I yeah. promise you, whenever Corona's over uh, and the Gators are playing back in Nashville, so in two years, I promise you, we'll make a big Stan Miguel trip out and All we'll right. take that dinner on us. And uh, man, thanks for being a big fan. And thanks for our Patreon folks. Thanks for people that buy stuff from our shop. Thanks for people that do anything, man. I mean, this is a uh, this is yeah. a hell of a fun thing to do with you boys. Best fans in the fucking business, man. Uh, the Gator fans run big three roll up. They power that shit and keep it going. And they do the same thing with Stadium Miguel. I love our fans. I love the Gator fan base, man. Y'all the best of the best. It's dope. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, boys. Take us out. Cam, Jeopardy theme song. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>